on 1116 SEN, The Four Diegos. G'day Migos and welcome to The Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this Wednesday night. Uh, Vinny Venezuela's in the house as well, as is Warren Diego. And I've got to say thanks to Mark Fine. As always, another great show from Fine. He'll be back tomorrow night from 7pm. And the GBU crew boys, always fun listening on a Wednesday night. Savile Tracely, I was going to say, but travel safely, boys, on your way home tonight. <laughs> Carlos isn't in the house tonight. Vinny, um, where's he? Is he, is he? He's still in Japan, isn't he? He's lost. He's a lost boy. He's at some sushi bar, and uh, then he's probably gone to do some karaoke, and he's singing My Way with some drunk Japanese businessmen, no doubt, <laughs> as yeah. is his way. Yeah, I think... Um, do you think he... Because he, he was there. He was watching the game. He was at the stadium last night. He wouldn't have seen much, but, I mean, lovely game. Lovely yeah. game to watch, but... Sorry, can I just interrupt you? This this is... I know this is radio and it's not a visual medium, but just for the listeners at home, uh, all, 40, all three Diegos are on the back post. <laughs> yeah, just, that's right. Well, yeah. We... And we, we haven't been sucked well, it's because for we the have, ball. It's because we have a sense of responsibility in right. Venezuela. That's right. Um, hey, we've got a big show for you tonight. We are going to catch up with Carlos Alberto Diego live from Japan. That just adds to it a bit. And we'll, uh, we're also going to catch up with Mike McGrath and we'll talk about um, some of that uh, FIFA stuff that's been going on, uh, Warren, about the World Cup, mm, you know, that, that, yep. the Qatar one. Um, no, 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 no fault, no problem at all with that. No, no, just the Australian yeah, bit. That right. was corrupt. Right. It was corrupt. Yeah. But uh, Qatar and Russia and everything else. But Clean. Is, am I right in, in saying that the investigator is now complaining to FIFA that the summary of his report, he believes, is an incorrect summary of the report? So go figure that. Yeah, they make the Essendon uh, saga look uh, like kindergarten stuff, basically. Hey, uh, we'll take your calls tonight, 942-911-16, and your text messages as well on 0433-981116. Of course, last night Japan defeated Australia. 2-1 Vinny Venezuela. They and, did indeed. Uh, what is the hot topic? Tonight? Well, the hot topic here tonight is for all you, you passionate Socceroo fans, and all of you are, obviously, uh, the topic is, do you think we're moving forward? Do you think the Socceroos are moving forward? We want to hear your thoughts, whether you think we're moving forward. Yes or no? Tell us why. Call in. Text us. Do what you need to do. On zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen, And to the... We've got five double passes to give away. To today. the real big blue. To the... Well, to, to the... the to, it is the new big blue. Well, to the baby blue. Yeah, that, actually, that, yeah. no. It's, it, it's the sort of colour you'd give a mother that's just had a new baby boy. A baby son. Yeah, yeah correct. Right. So it's the baby blue this weekend. It's Melbourne City <laughs> taking on Sydney FC uh, this Saturday night at 7.45 at Amy Park and we'll give we'll give a double pass away, five of them. We've we'll got five. We'll, we'll give them five in five different yes. times. Um, your, to the best text message or phone call tonight on 0433981116. So get texting. The hot topic tonight, do you think we're moving forward and if you do, why? And if you don't, why? Yes. 0433981116. There was a game tonight too, uh, guys. Western Sydney Wanderers uh, playing one of their catch-up games against uh, Central Coast Mariners. Nil all at uh, Pertex Stadium. 15,000-odd people there. And this is not a. Um, this is obviously not a hot topic, but um, I am musing out loud. Are the Wanderers going to get good again? <laughs> I'm worried. I, I don't know whether they're going to get good Again, this season. You know what I love? I love I love the fact that the Wanderers aren't winning games because it just 
rips up Al Halal fans just a little bit more. <laughs> they would be spewing what they can't even win a game, and they won the Champions League. It's got to kill them. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. All your calls nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let's go to Andrew in Baronia right off the bat. Andrew, you want to talk about the Socceroos? Welcome to the show. How are you going? Yeah, good, good. That's good. Um, I think the boys are moving forward. We just need to find ourselves someone in the front third that can actually score a goal. Would be would be would be handy. We've got Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apart from Tim. No, I I agree with you, Andrew. I mean, I think um I think for me. They are moving forward, but it's more like a, a semi-trailer than a Ferrari. That would be my sort of sense. And they played really well in the first half. And, you know, Ange can get teams to play really good good football. You know, they they played position-based football. They moved the ball forward. They controlled the middle of the park. But, you know, when when Brisbane were good, he was able to go out and get a Bruch and a Barisha that really built on the way that he can play. Suddenly now as an international coach, he's got to go through 40-odd Socceroos, and I don't know how many striking combinations that we'd have. But the only thing I'd say is Robbie Cruz has come back from a long-term knee injury. I'd say he should be at his prime. Robbie Cruz can score. Who else can score, Warren? Um, Good question. Matthew Leckie, I actually think he's probably got to play out wide. I don't know whether he's going to be as good. But, you know, in saying that, he had a really good header in the first half. Seven out of ten times, that probably goes in the back of the net, and who knows what happens from there. But for me, no gears, the Socceroos. They, they, they played nice, but they couldn't respond to the gears that Japan had in the second half with, you know, Honda, Kagawa, you know, the likes of those guys. They just had a little bit more class than what the Socceroos did. Absolutely. Thanks for your call, Andrew. Really appreciate that. Are you still there, Andrew? Uh, yeah. Who do you think can score for us? Who, who, who have well, you got in mind? I've been watching a bit of championship football this year a little bit. Um, what, what about Scott McDonald? Do we give him another... another, another no, that ship has sailed, Andrew. <laughs> Come on. Maybe, 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 maybe give Josh Kennedy another go. Oh, big Josh. I reckon we were talking about that in the green room before, and we reckon he can score. He's kind of... He's done his time. He's, he's, he's proven himself, so... Whether he's part of Ange's vision or not is another another story. Yeah, they, yeah. Hey, Andrew, uh, what are you doing Saturday night? I'm not doing much at all. Well, actually. well I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking you. <laughs> I like yeah, the sound. I, I like the sound of your voice. I hadn't had uh, much, much, much planned. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh well. Uh, you know, what sort of food do you like? Anyway. <laughs> hey, this is quite awkward, Warren. Hey, mate. Stay on the line because uh, we're giving you two. We're giving you a double pass to go and see Melbourne City take on Sydney FC this Saturday night at seven forty-five at Amy Park. Boys, thanks. All right, mate. Stay on the line and. Uh, um, uh, Spider will look after you. Are we able to? Are you the only one? Are you the sole giver of prizes? Well, yes. Oh, unless you. you no, know. well, I was thinking, uh, Warren. Given that he'll be shouting drinks anyway. No, it, who? It's better that it's him. No, I like the text <laughs> messages come through. We are moving forward away from the back post at set pieces. <laughs> now that's, that's who, yeah. Oh, whoever texted that in, just keep that keep that in mind. Yep, because yep. Um, we'll park that. We'll work that. Uh, what about? Let's go to Bob in Baldwin. Wants to talk about the Socceroos not moving forward. G'day, Bob. Yes, g'day boys. Good evening. Love the show as always. Thank um, you. Do you think we might need uh, another Gusidic type uh, decision? Bring in a Marcello Lippi, somebody who can just sort of ignite things. Maybe the stock is there. The coach isn't sort of functioning properly. Doesn't seem to move off that um, sort of uh, bunker, if you know what I mean. And just another thing I want to ask you is, name me the starting 11 for the 9th of January. Everybody fit. You name me the starting 11. I'll put your one man up front, Tom Urich. 
Yeah. Uh, really? Look, well, I'm a big should... fan of Tommy Urich, but he's got to get some continuity in playing for his club side, West, Western Sydney Wanderers. I mean, they've brought in Nikita Rukovitsa and they played them together tonight and they didn't really look... Tommy Urich has got to get continuity for me. Do we want to have a go at the starting 11? I think the back four will be Beich, yeah. Sainsbury and Spiranovic. With Franjic? yeah, I think Franjic would would play. I think Yednak will play in that holding midfield role. I think you'll have Mackay playing as well. Um, it's hard from there, it? I think Cruz will play. Right. I think Lecky will play because Ange, Ange's teams are all based on speed. How many is that? Obviously, um, Matt Ryan in goals. There's another one. So I think for me, that striking spot is the one up for grabs. I mean, I think I think Cruz and Lecky will play with Mackay. Yednak, and then that back four, that's eight, with Matt Ryan's nine. The Tim two Kale. other spots, Tim Kale, I think, starts definitely. Uh, who that other guy is, I don't know. Who was it? I'm trying to think. Who I was think, it last uh, night? It was Treasy. Yeah, Treasy was the other one last night. Treasy and all, like, I think if if, if all is... Is in a patch. He'll he'll get the the look in first because or also can score goals. Hey Bob, you still there? I'm still there. What about Milligan out Mackay? Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably a good one. You were calling Mark Milligan the best uh, Australian. He's the best. Player. He's the best Last Australian time. base player in yeah, the A League for sure. I think, and him. I said he could play in ten <laughs> Premier League <laughs> sides too. That met with great applause. Hey Bob, uh, would you like to go to Melbourne City taking on Sydney FC this weekend? Not interested in Melbourne victory, mate. Oh. Yeah, that's why I asked, because no, I, I wasn't I, 100% sure. Can I just ask, so are you off the Ange Postacoglu bandwagon? You think he's got to go already? You're calling for Gus Hitting to come in? No, no, Marcello Lippi. Are you, oh, sorry, you want Lippi in? Lippi. That's Cause... the guy that wins trophies. <laughs> okay. Good on you, Bob. Thanks for joining us, as always. Uh, Eli, welcome to the show. You want to talk about the Socceroos? Yeah, hi, Eli. Um, yeah, I think, uh, like, we've improved, and I think, the defence, even though it let in a few goals at the World Cup, is, like, pretty good. And a few young guys coming through, like Massimo Longo. And I think the main thing is, like, getting the best 11 all at the same time. I think you're spot on, uh, Warren. Yeah. You know, I, I think you, you mentioned Longo uh, earlier. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, and I missed him in my team. But I would probably think there's a couple ahead of him in terms of starting position. The one thing that, the one thing that I think you could say about last night's performance... They're in camp for the longest period of time they've been in a camp together since the World Cup. And the way they played in the first half clearly demonstrated that Ange has got a great ability to get a group of players together and play really, really well. They lack, And I suppose, in all honesty, the first goal was completely, you know, it was completely preventable in terms of organisation and concentration and those things. And even the second goal, you know, Wilkinson got a little bit tight, a little bit of tuck-tuck by the Japanese really led to the goal. They could have gone either way, that goal, but it was a beautiful goal. Yeah, but so so I suppose you're saying on measurement, you could say that the goals were preventable, but I thought Japan, come half-time, for whatever reason, went in, changed a few things and had gears. They had genuine gears. The the reality is, though, that that first half of football is probably the best first half of football you've seen the Socceroos play. Since the first half against the Dutch, I would say. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'd agree with that. Hey, Eli, stay on the line because you've picked up two tickets to watch the Baby Blue this weekend between Melbourne City and Sydney FC, and uh, it's on at 7.45 at Amy Park. Thanks for your call, and uh, just stay on the line, and uh, Maddie will uh, look after you there. Hey, um, there you go. We're already giving two uh, two double passes away. We're giving it away today. I love I love this. It's nearly Christmas. 
You know, we're, we're, we're being, you know, this is the spirit of giving. And uh, a man that always gives. It's Melbourne given, City, though. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Well, you know, they Come sort on, of, Vinny. they kind of collapse Mel- at the end of the... Well, you know, they're up against... I think the, Melbourne I'm, City are actually wearing their red strip this weekend because, you know, that yes. the controversy yeah. with Sydney, I don't think they were allowed to wear it even though they're the home side. I'm looking forward anyway. to this game, actually. Melbourne City and Sydney FC should be an absolute beauty. A man that always gives and has been giving for over 21 years with the Diegos is Carlos Alberto Diego. And uh, we're going to cross to him now live from Japan. Carlos, welcome to the show. Yeah, good evening there, boys. Konnichiwa to everyone, uh, all our listeners. Not to Warren, but everyone else. is. Uh, I, I say hi from Japan. Yes, Carlos, have, are you still partying with the boys tonight or uh, after the game <laughs> last night did you go straight to your hotel room? Yeah, no, no. I, you mean I stalked the boys. Yeah, I don't right. party with them. I just stalked That's them. Right. So, uh, no, I, I was actually lucky enough to catch up with a few of them after the game last night. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I was obviously listening to your your you know your review of the game last night, plus you know what our listeners are thinking. And it's it's amazing how you know people talk about a game of two halves, and they're talking about how well we played in the first half. But for me, honestly, if we look at that game, there was a real uncertainty about Japan in that first half last night, and, and Australia really did boss possession and really found those gaps between the lines and played some really lovely stuff. Uh, but the big issue is we didn't trouble the keeper during that phase. In the second half, as Warren said, they had a few extra gears, and when they decided you know, change gears and, and take it to another level, uh, we just fell apart. I mean, our, our structure was... Uh, and our and our formation just uh, really were, were quite brittle, and uh, the two goals in the end were, you know, I mean, they were pretty poor goals to concede, and and uh, and also we probably could have conceded a few more. And really, what made it respectable was Timmy Cale coming on and does what he and in doing what he does really so so well, and getting a goal from the header. So um, I'm not quite sure whether I could be as effusive as uh, some people about last night's game, but. Yeah, we've got to keep our heads and we've got to be really, you know, uh, put things in perspective because what really matters is that first game on uh, January the 9th. Carlos, so we have to take the long view because it's the Socceroos and uh, I guess the question is, given what you saw, is it something that Ange can fix or is it just something that uh, is going to be, an, is it an endemic issue with this squad, like the fact that we, we leak a goal or two right when we don't need it? There was a moment there that I thought I was watching the Socceroos play Chile again. I thought it's the same yeah. exact, you know, Matty Ryan got a bit out of position and it was almost a clumsy, we almost let in a clumsy goal. I mean, the, the way the, the whole of the defence gets sucked into one side of the ground when when, when the ball's coming over is, is amazing. And, and you're right, Vinny, you know, I had nightmares of Chile again, but we, we had other friendly games where we conceded goals like that and, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I mean, you know, we're all watching this, we're all seeing it. There's been complaints about, um, you know, uh, the, the structure of our back line and how they really get moved around quite easily. They, they do lose they, their shape quite simply. And, um, and, you know, and you wonder, you know, what Andrew's doing about it. He is the coach. Uh, sometimes to fix those things, you need a stable back four that you work on you know, day in, day out with, and obviously with the changes with Bage coming in and Sainsbury, and probably no certainty about what the back four is going to be. I mean, I noticed that Warren said that the back four for that first game will probably be the one from last night. Well, I don't think there's any certainty about that at all. I thought Sainsbury was very shaky in that second half when the Japanese upped the pressure, and uh, and Bage did look a little bit loose defensively when that happened. So it's a collective 
that we're looking at. Uh, I think Chris Kirk, Chris Hurd's really important for that side. Uh, he wasn't playing last night. I think someone like a Jason Davidson, if he's playing for West Bromwich Albion, will be first picked on that left-hand side. But he's got to be playing football at the moment. He's gone down the ranking because he's not playing football at the moment. So, And, of course, you've got to have Timmy Cale. I mean, forget about the rest. Timmy Cale's got to be at the pointy end. Uh, and that gives us a chance with Brish in the middle of the park. You've just got to go with your best 11. And that's why I'm, I'm still hopeful with the Asian Cup because we're not, we haven't really seen our best side yet. Carlos, do we start with uh, Super Tim or do we bring him on in the second half when people are, when the opposition's a little bit sort of weary? No, no, we start with him, Timmy, uh, uh, the Vinny, because, uh, you know, I saw him last night. The minute he came on, he not only, you know, troubled the Japanese defenders by kicking them a few times, he also scored the goal, but he also gave a lift to some of the younger guys who sort of lost their way. I mean, Robbie Cruz and, and Matthew Leckie, at times they just look so forlorn about the game that they, they struggle through it. They're not confident in what they're doing. And, and, they, and they're great players. They are very good players, but they need someone who gets them out of their own head and gets them playing their natural brand of football. And I saw Matthew Leckie, even for a short period of time when Timmy Cowell came on, really, you know, really uh, sort of look a little bit more alive about things. And I think you just need him from the start. Take him off after 70 if he's tired, but just playing from the start, trouble the opposition and uh, and give some confidence to our players in the meantime. You take out Bresciano and Kale. You can't buy class down the street, Carlos. Do we have enough class or potential to develop class players? I know there's potential and speed and rawness in Leckie and some silky yep. moves, you know, some silkiness in, in Robbie Cruz and even Massimo Lungo looks okay. And But where is the class going to come from taking away, you know, the two stalwarts from the golden generation in, in Bresciano and Kale? Yeah, really good point, Warren. We don't have the class right now. Uh, these players, the Leckies and the Cruises and the... And the, the younger kids like Luongo's and, you know, if Davidson starts playing, you know, at West Bromwich Albion, they will develop class over time and experience over time. But man to man, we don't have the class of Japan. But what we will have, and I'm hoping that we'll have, uh, if we don't, we're gone. Uh, what I'm hoping we'll have come the first game against Kuwait on January the 9th is an absolute enthusiasm, an absolute, you know, buy-in to what uh, Andrews is trying to do. And in front of a huge capacity crowd, all the media attention, you're hoping that these young guys and, you know, and some of the older blokes do what they did in the World Cup. But instead of losing games and playing well, you know, playing well and really taking it to the opposition and winning games. That's what we're wanting them to do. But we don't, we're not going to do it with class. We're not going to do it with beautiful football necessarily. But we're going to do it with, you know, the, the robust Australian spirit and the way they go about it. Uh, because we just, this, this team needs to, Regenerate needs time, needs time to mature, and we don't, we won't have that class by January night. We suddenly won't grow it between now and six weeks' time. Carlos, um, before every show, you say, Rodrigo, you sit there, Vinny, you sit there, I'll sit here, Warren, you stay there. <laughs> those de- those defensive lapses at set pieces, like um, nobody on the back post, um, is that is that a lack of discipline or a lack of concentration? Well, you can throw in the third one there, is a lack of coaching. Well, yeah, the well, there you go. And, and, I, and I don't know the answer to that question. We've seen it time and time again. It's really frustrating. 
Um, it tends to, I mean, we saw with Ranic, uh, really get sucked into the centre of the penalty area and suddenly leaving the, leaving the far post free. Any coach out there will tell you that defenders should have back-to-goal, should open their stance and see what's over their shoulders, the ball's over the other side, so they can actually you know, cut out the cross and, and actually almost half-mark the man using space. Uh, you know, in the right position, but we just kept on, keep on getting dragged over the other side. I mean, this is schoolboy stuff. And uh, I've got to say, you know, I love my Socceroos, I love Ange Postacoglu, and I love all the players. But, gee, when they dish up that sort of stuff, it really does, you know, stymie any chance of uh, really building some momentum. The guys played really well in that first half against a very uncertain Japan. And the second half, when Japan started putting some pressure on, we wilted. We were brittle, and suddenly we get moved around and lose our shape. That's not good enough at that level. You've got to be more professional. And uh, and I I'm not not sure what the answer to that question is, uh, Rodgers. Whether it's uh, whether it's uh, a coaching issue or a talent issue or a concentration issue, that's up to Ange to work out. But it's happened too often for us to tolerate it anymore. Hey, Carl, I'll stay on the line because Peter in Cheltenham uh, wants to, I think, talk about this very issue. G'day, Peter, and welcome to the show. Hello. Yes, Peter. You want to yeah. talk about those? Hello, uh, Diego's. Yes, welcome to the show. Here. It has been a long time. Um, yeah, well, this defensive uh, lapses. Look, I know this is probably a crazy idea, but I think they should go back to defending. Uh, forget about this unaccountable defending, which is own marking. Uh, like you mentioned before, you stand here, I stand there. But only in defending, set pieces, open play, corners, etc. They should stand the traditional way, goal side. You won't concede many goals. You'll have a man shoulder to shoulder when the ball comes to you, mate. Whereas this way, they're hugging each other, they're facing each other, mate. And that, what's his name, the bloke that uh, got nutmegged, uh, what was the play's name? Um, for the second Wilkinson? Goal. Yeah. Yep. Now, as a defender, mate, you don't stand flat-footed face on. He probably thought, I'll block the cross. You stand side on. Show him the line, Pete. Yes, Correct. Show on the line, and you stand side on, mate. And you can also also stick your left leg out if you want to block the cross, mate. You don't stand straight, head on straight on, mate. That's and uh, and like I said, when the cross come in, no one was marking no one. They were just standing around, like you said, and um, that, that's what happens with zone mark. But so when you got the other end, then you can position yourself the modern way, which is zone marking, because the idea is to try to catch the forwards offside. It never works. It's dangerous. Um, this idea of trying to catch them offside and defending high, it doesn't work, mate. I, I, I mean, Everton copped it the first two goals at home against um, uh, Chelsea. They try to do that. It, it doesn't work, mate. You've got to... And even there, uh, you got to... I'd, I'd, I'd instruct my players defending stand behind them again, mate, like the old days. And when you go attack, you can position yourself the modern way. It's not hard. No. Um, I, yeah, it was pretty pretty poor. Paul marking, poor defending. And I'll tell you what, mate, you see it every week in the Premier League. It's, uh, it's just amazing. Good on you, Pete. Um, you made your uh, point well, and um, you've picked up two tickets uh, to see the baby blue Melbourne City take on Sydney FC. Carlos, you still there? Yes, of course. Yeah, and, and Pete's got a. I mean, what you're talking about is standard bread and butter defending. Uh, we really shouldn't even be having this conversation at that level. I mean, you make you make the a mistake in a game, fine, but you make four or five mistakes in four or five games, including some World Cup games, and the same mistake being made over and over again, what is going on there? Uh, is the, are the players not good enough? Is there no leadership on that part to make sure people that are in the right position, you know, playing goal side, you know, having body contact with the opposition so you know where they are, 
you know, being aggressive in, in your defending in those situations. Um, you know, are we that naive and, and lacking, lacking of experience that we can't take the initiative in those situations? Uh, it is really disappointing. I've got to say, you know, uh, there was only a handful of Australians, you know, in the crowd last night, but we were all very, very upset at that flimsy type of defending. And, uh, and, and it's not just a one-off. We've seen it time and time again, and that's just something that a real challenge for Ange, but he can't do it until he sets up who his defence is going to be. And uh, and once he's got that, he's just going to really charge them with with the responsibility and give it, and, and they've got to take the initiative to sort this out. Carlos, I thought I was back in South Africa with the amount of noise that was generated from the Japanese crowd, and it's all the, almost incessant noise. Sometimes doubt whether they're watching the game. Is it is it part of the overall atmosphere and vibe of the game, or as a as a football fan who likes noise and then a bit of quiet? Did, does it add to the atmosphere, or what's it like in a Japanese crowd? Because they're certainly very passionate. It's interesting you say that, Warren, because I, I read that in the in the media today how how it must have sounded on TV in Australia. But in the first half, at times it was deathly quiet. Uh, when especially really from the minute when uh, uh, um, Choisi uh, had that shot that sliced off his foot in the first seconds of the game. Uh, the Chinese, uh, sorry, the Japanese crowd were really quite introverted for a lot of that first half. Now, of course, the second half, you know, they, they had more of the ball, they had more chances, and, and whenever there was even a half a chance, it was, all the girls in the stadium would be screaming. Uh, but really, that first half, they were definitely quiet, and, and it's really interesting, even walking to the ground, how quiet everyone is. I mean, walking to an Australian game of football, whether it's an A-League game or international, there's always the louts and there's always the big groups they're singing and dancing and they're wearing all the colourful gear. The Japanese are very uh, internal with the way they uh, they, they uh, support their team and uh, and of course when, they, when they're on the roll you, you do hear them and they're, they're really uniform and they, they, they sing in concert and all that sort of stuff but uh, in that first half I've got to say it was definitely quiet and it really surprised me. Hey Carlos, so we're going to have to leave you there um, but uh... Hey, thanks for uh, taking the time tonight to talk to your Diego brothers and all the listeners tonight, and uh, we'll catch up with you on Friday for the Diego's final whistle. Absolutely, guys. Can't yeah, wait. There's Carlos. See you on Friday. Carlos oh, Alberto, he... Diego. Oh, I thought yeah. we'd get another show without no, him. No, no, no. He's, he's <laughs> no? Back. He's, back he's back on Friday. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Scotland Yard sprang into action on March the 20th, 1966 when the World Cup trophy was stolen from Central Hall, Westminster. It had been brought to England from Brazil to be displayed in advance of the World Cup, being played in July. The trophy was discovered a few days later by a mongrel dog named Pickles. Pickles was digging for a bone in the backyard of his owner's London home and instead unearthed the cup. Police tracked the crime to Edward Betchley, who stole the cup to hold it for ransom. And Pickles... Well, our little woofer became a national hero. Woof, woof. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, here on a Wednesday night and uh, talking about uh, Japan defeating Australia 2-1. Um, last night and of course today Western Sydney Wanderers and Central Coast Mariners played a nil all draw out there at Parramatta at Pertec Stadium nearly 15,000 people there. Can I just say that I think Mitch Duke is 
playing phenomenally well this season, but for the fact that he can't put the ball in the net. <laughs> so he'd be good in the but, soccer. But he is working really hard, and he's you know, yeah. and he's getting the ball, and he's doing everything right. Just hasn't had that little bit of luck, that little bit of lady luck. Maybe we should give him some tickets for the game. <laughs> he can take lady luck with him. Well, a guy that we will give some tickets to, because your hot topic tonight, Vinny, was do you think we're moving forward yes. in terms of the Socceroos? And Paul in Heidelberg has been very patient and waiting on the line. Paul, welcome to the show. Evening, gentlemen. Um, I do think the soccer is moving forward, and I'm a, obviously as an Irishman living out here. I'm a, I consider a relatively neutral um, observer of the Socceroos. They're moving forward, but they're not moving forward fast enough to gain the attention of that segment of the Australian public that have yet to fall in love with the beautiful game. There's an international, there's a major international tournament happening in this country in less than a couple of weeks, and unless you listen to SEN or you're a dedicated reader of sports pages in this country. People are not talking about this. It's not publicised. There's very little talk about it on television. There's very little advertising of it. There's a major tournament here, and there's no one. I'm I, I, I terrified that we're going to have like empty stadiums for group games that don't involve, say, Japan or Australia or maybe some of the Asian countries close to here that have large ethnic minorities in this country but or uh, ethnic groups. I think there's going to be a lot of games at empty stadiums, and it's going to just look terrible, guys. They, the, the FFA need to really ramp up promoting this tournament, and it's not being helped by these average results by the Socceroos. I get that they're building, but they, there needs to be more bang for the buck, I think. Look, um, I reckon um, that uh, we've got a, they've got a captive audience here, and... All Australians will get be. All Australians tend to get behind the Socceroos when they're the the comp. Then there is when there is something real at stake. That's what I was trying to say. And I think it'll be the same come the Asian Cup around the corner. I take your point, though. I think that uh, we should. The whole city should be buzzing. There should be banners. I should be on trams that 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 have got banners saying Asian Cup is here. January, book your tickets. Be there. Yada yada yada. So that that is a fair call, Paul. Thanks for your call, Paul, and uh, stay on the line because you've won two tickets to see Melbourne City take on Sydney FC at 7.45 on Saturday night at Amy Park. Thanks for your call, as always. Uh, let's go to Chris in Wonturner, wants to talk about uh, Super Timmy Kale. Welcome to the show, Chris. How are you going, guys? Yeah, good, thank you. You want to speak about uh, Timmy Kale and our reliance on the, uh, yeah. on the veteran? I was just thinking, I was watching throughout the World Cup as well, um, just in terms of our build-up play, everything relies around Timmy Cale. Um, and I was thinking, you look in terms of all the other teams we're playing, like Japan, they've got Kagawa, Honda. Um, our midfield, if you look at who we've got in the top, top leagues, we've got Mila Yedinak and Davidson, who's not playing regularly. Um, and if you look at the type of players they are, they're defensive players. Cale's not been playing in... He, I know he's been playing well in New York, out uh, of New York, but we don't have any of those players who can who can really change a game. And you guys are talking about players, uh, Japan, when they took it up another level. We don't have the response to that because we've got players that can consistently hold possession, pass the ball around well when there's not much, I guess, not much pressure on them. But as soon as the pressure ramps up, I reckon we don't have those players who consistently can, can step up to that level, make a game changer. And I think... In part, it's due down to development. Um, I was listening, I think it was in this morning, they were talking about development of the youth and the youth players and the, and the younger players. It's a lot about possession, and they're not encouraged to, encouraged to hold the ball a bit more 
um, rather than score and shoot. Um, I think what you guys what you guys think. Yeah, there's you got a, a lot of good points well made there, Chris, in terms of what you're saying. Just dealing with a couple of them. The first thing I'd say is if we go through Tim Cale and he's our best player, I don't know whether that's much different than Argentina going through Messi or Portugal going through Cristiano Ronaldo. You you deal you, you play around your class players. Now, we don't have other class players necessarily around Tim Cale to take the pressure off him and, and necessarily be as good as good as you know Argentina who made the final of the World Cup and and obviously some other teams with class players but I think he's still the one thing that's good about Tim Carl he hasn't dropped a level like he's still playing at the level and he's at New York now and there's talk about him you know going on loan spells back to the Premier League so he's absolutely there the interesting one and Rodrigo was talking about this before the show and I didn't hear Mark Viduka talk about a perception of a, a lack of young players coming through that are classy and perhaps the A-League system hasn't been as good as the old NSL system in terms of, you know, producing players. My personal opinion, I would have to think that eventually an A-League, season, an A-League competition that's got a dedicated youth competition, which didn't come in straight away or has only developed over time and the A-League's only been going 10 years, I think... Every country gets generational players. And at the moment, in this current generation, we don't seem to have had or produced the absolute raw class. But Carlos says this a lot. You go and have a look where Tim Cale was playing at the same age as Matthew Leckie or Robbie Cruz. He was just making his way at Everton. So there's a bit of time. Absolutely. Hey, Chris, stay on the line because you've also picked up Two tickets to the Melbourne City versus Sydney FC game on Saturday night at Amy Park in the Hyundai A-League Baby Blue <laughs> it, uh, on, at, on Saturday night at 7.45. Thanks for your call, Chris. Hey, now it's time to go to the UK, guys, and catch up with our man on the tube, probably, because that's where apparently he is. Mike McGrath, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, no worries. It's Rodrigo. got Vinny and uh, Warren Diego. Now, Mike, I'm going to ask you a blunt question. Manchester United, oh, sorry, yes, Manchester United are playing Arsenal this weekend. Whoever loses has got to be actually seriously put under the spotlight, haven't they, in terms of it won't be crisis and I don't think sackings are on are inevitable, obviously. But whoever loses this game is going to have the blowtorch well and truly put underneath them, I would think. Yeah, I'd imagine that they'd have a, a few days of um, interesting headlines. I mean, of course, I think everybody's looking at Danny Welbeck. He's in great form. And, you know, you sell a player like that to Arsenal and um, he's got a great, great chance of proving them wrong by um, by scoring against them on Saturday. So I think you know, El- uh, Van Hal will be really under under fire for selling him if, if that happens. And of course, Wenger, the, you know, the, the international break came at the wrong time for him. You know, a couple of um, really poor, not only the results, but just losing those leads. Um, you know, they, they desperately did win um, to get themselves back on track. Now, Mike, uh, over at Anfield, um, then Surridge is uh, looking a bit uh, shaky, injured again, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. He broke overnight. Um, it was a training ground injury. I think it's the second or third time this season. It's the third time, including even one. So I mean, it's um, you know, it's terrible 
uh, you know, run to, to them in terms of getting who they thought would, you know, there's some way to kind of uh, replace Luis Suarez, you know, he's kind of irreplaceable. They're really banking on his goals and to be honest, um, you know, it's, it's really affected their season as much as Suarez leaving Sturridge's, um, Sturridge's injury. So, you know, yeah, pretty, pretty desperate times, I think, for, for Liverpool. And with Balotelli have doing a hamstring, but there's been a little bit of carnage in this um, international break. Mike Di Maria is un, is under some injury cloud, and there's been other players, Balotelli with a hamstring, and others that have come, you know, back with injuries to their clubs. It's really a very difficult balancing act, isn't it, for clubs and country, and and even the players themselves who really want to play for their national sides, but unfortunately now seem like they get more injuries. I think Luke Shaw is another one for Manchester United that may have come back with an injury from international duty. It's a it's a really difficult situation, isn't it? Yeah, and Prince as well is an important one to United. He came back injured. I think the impact injury you can probably you can probably kind of forgive. It's a muscle one like Sturridge earlier in the season. I think, you know, Premier League managers are kind of hiding behind the sofa watching these um, watching these games. I mean, they get um, compensated. Uh, for... I think we uh, might have lost Mike there. Um, I think bad line on the tube. Apparently, that's why he's sounding a bit, yeah. a bit quiet. I thought, yes, yes. This time round, but uh, hey, uh, let's leave Mike there. I think and. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's like he's in, um, we're doing one of those current affairs shows and we've had to sort of alter his voice a little bit. Yeah, he's coming yep. very and, and, and pixelate his face. And for the sake of this interview, we will call him <laughs> Peter. McKellie. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. wanted to ask him about what was going on oh. uh, with uh, FIFA and the, uh, you know, the handing down of the, the decision that there was nothing wrong with the Qatar bid. Um, it was all the other bids. Russia was fine. Qatar was fine. It was all the other bids. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, okay, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. In 1995, when US basketball coach Bobby Knight called journalist John Feinstein a whore and a pimp, Feinstein replied, I wish he'd make up his mind so I'd know how to dress. Geez, I love this game. We are the Four Diego's. On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diego's. It's coming up after the Diego's. It's all night appetite uh, with Scott Cooney from twelve till six, and in from twelve to one, it's Teo Pelletieri. Uh, Great always, name, yes, Teo. Teo, yes. Some some people might call him Theo, but uh, it's Teo, so it's Teo. Hey, uh, we had a few text messages here tonight. Uh, thanks for those on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Just a thought: with the Socceroos, you sometimes need to go backwards to go forward. We're real rebuilding, doing the hard work now that should have been done three years ago. I said that in one of my pieces for the A League Live app uh, just before the game. Sometimes you've got to go backwards to go forward. It's, inter- you- it's interesting because in I listened to an interview that. Um, Francis Leach did with Ange Postacoglu. And Ange, I don't think he's under pressure, but he was justifying what's happened in terms of we've played two of the eight games that he's been in, you know, the two of the games only at home in the time that he's been in charge. He's turned over 42 players and he was dealing with something that should have been done years ago. He's actually mentioned that. Now, I don't think that's 
a defense of himself. It's probably as much reality as anything else, but it's interesting. What I like about it, it was very interesting post-game. We had two interviews. We had Timmy Cahill, uh, who was very positive and, and upbeat about the performance, particularly the first half one, and then we had Ange Postacoglu. And what I like about Ange is that he's... You know, he, he was a little bit praiseworthy, but he was also concerned and he knows that he knows more than anyone how much work there is to do. And that's what I like about him. He's not going to say we were robbed or whatever. He, he calls a spade a spade. The big question for him is, is he able to fix the problems that are coming up time and time again? That is the big question, Vinny Venezuela. Um, Sue from Woodend. Yes, I think we are moving forward. Just need to keep the standard up for 90 minutes. When teams raise the bar, we need to step up. Kale has flair. We need another forward with flair and on the right track. So there's a bit of endorsement for uh, the coach. The other thing I was going to say about Cahill, which we've said before, but he's a player who, no matter what country we're playing against, they all know him. And because they know him, that, that's his X factor. He, he, not only, he lifts our boys because it's Tim Cahill, but he rattles the opposition because they all know he can score. And he's most likely to score. And given that fantastic goal he scored against the Dutch, he can score crackers and, you know, he's on the map. I'm going to say, I mean, I don't think any player in the history of Japanese football has been, had put more fear into a team than what Tim Carl does into the Japanese team. And he, you know, I don't think we should underestimate Tim Carl because of his unique qualities. He would get a game in a lot of international teams even now because of the qualities that he brings to a side. You know, he brings aggression, he brings skill, he brings a whole lot of things that lots of players don't have, and he would play in lots of teams around the world, I think. That little bit of mongrel he's got there, the way that he can just press your buttons and trip you a little bit and just put you off your game and, and, and get get a rise out of you, that's the smart stuff that he does because he's confident and he's been around the traps. And when you've got a young squad, you're not always getting that sort of stuff. And Bresciano doesn't really do it as as, as overtly, or if at all, but uh, Timmy certainly does it. Yeah, um, absolutely. John in Port Melbourne, uh, we are just not good enough, got nothing to do with the coach. The pool of talent isn't there. That's a different take. At the moment, yep. I'd say the talent pool are, you know... Good or you know the old-fashioned football vernacular, good ordinary players. You need a lot of good ordinary players in your side, but you need a bit of class, and that's what. But again, as Carlos's words ring in my ear, plot where the golden generation were at the age of Lecky and Cruz and that, and they weren't playing in the top leagues. They were developing their talent in the lower leagues and got good. I don't know if we're going to see that out of this group. That's the thing. I think uh, with Leckie, he's better and more dynamic on a flank than he is playing in a prong position because uh, he needs a little bit of space so he can make runs. And I, I think that uh, you'd certainly probably want to start with Timmy Cahill and Leckie somewhere to his side or in the number 10 position or something. Dean and Crew Point's got a novel idea. They could kidnap uh, Lionel Messi to play for Australia. I think Ange is doing okay. We talked about this last week, didn't we, in terms of I don't think you're desperate to find who can play for you, but if there are overseas players that are currently playing in Australia that fit the criteria in positions that you don't... And it was stark last night. Theorio, I'm not saying... 
you know, you, you can't just bring in chop and change. I no, think you, you can't. Gotta, you got to you got to build a product that and a team that understands each other and. And I, I think that uh, with this Socceroo team, we may not do as well in the Asian Cup. Although I, sus- I, I think that we'll do, we'll do okay because we'll be in camp for longer and we'll move forward. But you, we really need to also have a, a bit of a longer view as well. Anonymous uh, here's got an interesting point. Actually, it's not club football. You don't rebuild national teams. You play your best players. You try and get the best out of them in every match in a little amount of games that there are. It's results. That's an interesting point. The only thing I'd say is we needed to broaden we did. the pool of players that could possibly play because it was too thin and those guys were getting old and at least we've done that. I think it's results, but it's also a mentality. And I think that if you've got the mentality and you build up the, the right culture, you can get people stepping in and doing the job. We, we can't have these fade-outs. At, at the moment, we, we're, we're playing good for 45 minutes and then we're... We're losing concentration, and then we're coming back into the game. And it's when you lose concentration that you, you you leak goals. Bring on the Asian Cup. That's all I say. January 9th is when Australia play Qatar at Amy Park. So it all starts here in Melbourne. Uh, can't wait for that. And, and I can't wait for the weekend of A-League football because uh, first up, guys, just quickly, Melbourne victory take on Brisbane Raw in uh, the Friday night game. Who's going to win that? I'd say victory. Victory. Good. Yep, me too. Um, don't forget the Diego's are on from 10pm yep. with the Diego's and, final whistle. And, and Vinny and all those other boisterous Melbourne victory fans will be yelling from the top. And you know what? Even though they've won 5-0, they'll be still taking a crack at Melbourne City who haven't even played yet. be interesting to see how Barisha goes. Uh, Perth Glory take on Wellington. That's, uh, at Perth? That's That'd Friday be a good night. game, that's, I reckon. That's why we're on. Mm-hmm. Perth, that's a good game. Perth have had the softest run of all time. Don't think they're that good, but it's good to see them winning. I'm enjoying watching Wellington. Yeah, no, they, they were pretty good last yeah. year as well. I think, Robbed. A bit watch. unlucky against Robbed. Adelaide. Yeah, Western Sydney Wanderers take on Newcastle Jets. They back up after Wanderers tonight. have to win. They do. Newcastle Jets uh, up and down. but um, Jets, no, they're yeah. just down. City take on Sydney FC. I'll mark, th- mark my words. Melbourne City are living certainties. They'll beat Sydney FC. They'll be in front at the 70th minute? No, they'll win. They'll win keeping a clean sheet. There's a big prediction. I hope they win. They'll score first. I want them to win. And um, Central Coast Mariners and Adelaide United... It's got to be Adelaide. Yeah, I think Adelaide win that. Um, At home with Central Coast? I think they're better. All right, that's it for this week's show. Thank you very much for your text messages and your phone calls. Don't forget, All Night Appetite with Scott Cooney coming up after the Diego. So remember, Vinny. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll be there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba, we'll be there. Wherever there are girls with thread on their head and balls at their feet, we'll be there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Oi!